thought it would be worthwhile talking about the show outside of the show so that we could have some distance from the installation and, and all of the, the music and, and noise that it generates. Some kind of critical distance or reflection upon Philip Brophy's evaporated music. One to three. I was Unchained my heart. Unchained. No, that's Tony Braxton, right? I, I know we both know this song, but it's just hard to place. We'll have to listen closely. The sound of the 5.1 is like incredible, right? It's really good. Everything has been processed and recorded and re recorded by about the sound really we shouldn't even be watching the film again we should just be listening yeah it's a distraction and maybe that's the point like the high these are all like incredibly high production high productions Are they just confections around a, a like a, a hollow core of pap and schmaltz, you know? So or are they meaningful? Yeah, or are they true expressions of the human spirit? That's the question that I guess pop music asks you. Um, and Celine Dion is French Canadian. Montreal. Canadienne.
Was he in um, The Pianist as well? The piano teacher? The Hanukkah. You know the stud in that? And he played hockey? Was that the same? That's an Austrian production, a French production, isn't it? It's a... it's French. Maybe yeah. that's the connection, French-Canadian. Yeah, right. it's a French language film. Right. <laughs> it's like Danny Filth from um, Cradle of Filth. These were made in the late 90s, these, these works. And to me, really? they just read like... Yeah. Really? Oh, no, okay. They just read like things you would see on... Like, yeah. Like every year by James Hetfield. Yeah, or the um, shreds on YouTube. Yeah, the Jinx Kings of Leon. Jinx. That's my favorite. Kings of Leon Kings shreds. Of Leon shreds. <laughs> and it's also like um, ev- you know, Smash Mouth, like, but when every time he like says something, it speeds up. Or you know, those videos. I think this this first. Do you think that he's really making you see the beauty of the cinematography and the, the, the saturation and the colours? I just think that that's the problem maybe with the shows. Look how beautiful that is. The film clip is just unedited and played back on this kind of flat screen monitor. Yeah. But really the whole work is in the sound. The vision is really just in the sound. But isn't that a problem making you wonder about pop, you know, pop confections? I don't know. That's, is that too obvious? Or, Maybe if there know. was some other way of doing it, like you could have steals from the film clips that would place. But there are ghostly moments and the, the, the supernatural horror thing kind of makes you wonder, like, how if you took take away the... Utopia of the the song, but it is quite alarming. Mm. You know what's happening here? Like a a child in a camp is speaking out after that. Yeah, while Mariah Carey's on a swing, on a swing at night time. There's nothing. A midnight tryst with Mariah. It's fantastical. It's. Like anything that Lynch would do. What is this? Yeah, all of these clips have been other. Celine Dion was. Mariah Carey was married to James Hacker for a while. Yeah. Because I mean, Philip Rothy, he is creating an amazing, immersive sound environment for us to contemplate these images, which are also like very elaborate productions, obviously. But we're not really registering his work. Yeah, he's completely paramount. He's picked the most, like, incredibly ornate pop like you know videos 
of the of the nineties, right? Like this is and the eighties. They would register so differently when they were first made. I mean, if we were watching this in nineteen ninety nine, this would make total sense to us. Now it would be a Beyonce So why is the um why is this being re-shown um twenty years later? It's part of like the trilogy, I think, that this final part has been completed and now it's Oh, so he's been working on it kind of Yeah, I think maybe twenty years of work or so. And this is the final part. The Vaporated Music part one. From two thousand. Isabel Knowles did it though too. I read his Wikipedia page. Um, like it has some interventions from the artist. Is this part of the work? Yeah. I couldn't know. This is the second part of Evaporated Music. Part two is replay. It's funny that I asked, is it part of the work? I mean, obviously, everything is his. Valentine YTT member star in a hard rock band at Preston Drive-In when they used to have bands at interval like Way Cool. She waited in a station wagon until her big entrance then entered through the automatic doors wearing a white fringe leather jacket and rocked like a Kmart Pat Benatar. The moccasin audience of about 30 people was more interested in getting hot dogs and jam donuts. Somewhere right now she could be contemplating suicide. Somewhere right now every X star you ever bagged could be on the verge of a breakdown. So when they commit suicide, spare them your false lamentations. We were talking about this before, weren't we, in the cafe? Okay. Robin Williams. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Who else? Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, the death of the clown. Heath Ledger. You think, you know, the celebrity status of their... Heath Ledger was the last clown to die in a way. Mm. He was the clown. He was the Joker. Is that, that's different though, isn't it? The Joker is different to the clown. It's related. <laughs> Let's keep watching. <laughs> Let's keep watching. Okay. 
but like this, you know, you said this. This to me, it's one idea, right? You can take the music away and listen to the shuffling sounds of the performance. Close mic. 
sounds like it's in some ways, I guess, it's yeah. TV. It's more of a trick to sound effects, where sound world and the visual world are more separate from to the idea of the music video. Because there are different kinds of music videos, different ways of presenting music and vision. This has been sped up for Yeah, he's also like, you know, imagine just arriving now mm. and not knowing that two things exist in your life. Yeah, I mean, you have to commit. Surprised that you thought that the work, you know, you, you liked it and you thought it was successful as a work, but not in a commercial gallery setting. Does that relate to the the popular culture that you're? I suppose I'm um, skeptical of this new turn to uh, what would be traditionally understood as kind of hard to sell works on media like film and video mm. um, that are easily reproduced and, and additioned and, and also once you know in the public s sphere or the public domain are kind of like easy to, to, to disseminate and therefore works to uh, disperse any sense of like yeah so what's the rationale for hosting it at Neon well, I, I think it's just that something that that's developed as a part of the the, sh the strategies that commercial galleries need to, you know, have fill their calendar with well, at no, least just this, one uh, to be become these elaborate structures for how to actually sell the work because if they seem to be just, a, you know, a um, a uh, a shop front for a bunch of contemporary art objects that we sold to wealthy collectors then their cultural cachet goes down and, and their interesting artists and the interesting uh, sort of communities that they want to you know, involve themselves with will abandon them. It's as simple as that, I think. Okay. So it's an, an important... Um, well, if you look at it from one perspective, it seems to be like an important thing to do if you want to maintain some kind of cultural capital mm. alongside literally just financial capital which is a necessary uh, adjunct to running a, a commercial gallery space so in that sense showing Philip Rufi's evaporated music says to me you're not trying to sell this work you're trying to mount an interesting exhibition and do it in a way which uh, isn't about foregrounding the sale of a new series of yeah. work by a contemporary artist. It's about maintaining your status as a but also as a relevant. On the gallery. other hand, it would be about 
preparing an artist's uh, work, maybe their the, the recent work, or in this case work from the last two decades, for institutional collections. So if you can present it as a coherent object, even though it's a right. media work on in sound, it's in impressive. video, that, that then it can be kind of you know, given over to a gallery which would acquire the work or, mm. or finally understand how to how to install it, maybe even as simple yeah. as that in a gallery space and you know, that's that, that's a function played by the commercial mm. art world in relation to say public collections like the NGV or yeah. or, you know, regional galleries for example. So it's a, it's a um it's a pathway for an artist of of someone like you know working in that medium where you don't you can't just put paintings up and have a price tag next to them it's yeah. so it's a it's a way to co-op them into a into the institutional structure yeah, without well, the word co-opt is 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 important here because the cooperatives that started in the 70s to disseminate say experimental films I don't films. think they have the same etymology cooperative and co-opt co-opt let's let me go on my um, literature tangent um, and then uh, I guess other like video models that Which would actually be fair to the, the artists and also yeah. allow them to have work on display that wasn't simply about, you know, selling the edition of, you know, one or two or say, a, a sort of limited edition of, of yeah. their media works. Yeah. Is this and something that's been happening since the sixties? Yeah, and now it's this new model seems to be appearing, which is about commercial galleries trying to involve themselves in in preparing or uh, mediating the sale of these works. Tom's Tips.